Hey everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Matthias Narendorf, Professor of Radiology, Richard Morishner Endowed MGH Research Institute Chair in Men's Health, and Director of Mouse Imaging at the MGH Center for Systems Biology. Dr. Narendorf's laboratory focuses on the study of the molecular processes, particularly of innate immune cells, during the healing phase of myocardial infarction, and he recently joined us for a webinar to talk about current concepts of cell supply by the hematopoietic system, lineage relationships and systems crosstalk, and to describe imaging tools for studying monocytes, macrophages, and their progenitors. Let's get right into it. First question, so Santiago has said, is cardiac conduction enhancement a function specific of cardiac macrophages? Since there are studies showing that after macrophage depletion with clodronate liposomes or DTDTR, the heart is repopulated by monocyte-derived macrophages. However, Halsman's et al. showed that these macrophage-depleted mice develop spontaneous AV blocks. Yeah, so we're actually in the process of, this is an excellent question, we're in the process of, of studying this question, you know, how these, these, these mice recover and whether incoming monocytes may, you know, may repopulate the AV node and then, then lead to normalization of conduction. What we've done to, to, to rescue these mice, which to a large degree die of their AV block, that's actually typical and, and you know what you have to do in patients that suddenly have a, a third degree AV block is to rapidly treat them with a pacemaker, otherwise the frequency that the ventricles provide as a backup is too low. And that's the same with these mice, they die. And so we, we developed a, a, a miniaturized pacemaker together with, with Medtronic, basically rigging an implantable base, a pacemaker for use of impl implantation in, in mice. And so we're able to rescue these mice with pacing and now gearing up to study whether there's a way of, yeah, recovery that either occurs spontaneously or that we can maybe help along by, yeah, supporting recruitment or repopulation of, of heart macrophages. So the, the short answer to that question is at this point, we don't know. Fantastic. All right. Great answer. All right. Next question comes from Sanket, who's asked, do monocytes leave the site or are they transformed into other immune cells? So monocytes recruited to a site of inflammation are typically thought to differentiate into macrophages. They upregulate macrophage markers and they uh, assume those functions. They are phagocytic. So that's what's happening in terms of, terms of phenotypes, which I'm, 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 I'm not so sure that we have a good handle on understanding the departure kinetics. We tried to get at this question using transplantation experiments where we transplanted an infarcted mouse heart in which we had labeled these cells, for instance, with a radioisotope into a, a, another mouse and then measure exit of, of radioactivity into peripheral organs. And what we found is that that was minimal. So about 10% or so of cells were able to leave that organ and they turned up elsewhere, like in the spleen or in the bone marrow or lymph nodes. 
90% just died locally. And I think that's probably, at least in the uh, acute inflammation setting, very typical. Fantastic. All right, next question comes from Oliver, who says, fantastic talk. What do we know about different neutrophil phenotypes and their role in cardiovascular health and disease? Yeah, so that's an emerging field. There are certainly different neutrophil subsets. Um, there's uh, there's a, a number of good papers on this. Their different subsets may depend on their maturity or to put it differently, how old are they? They've been around for uh, a day or not, and that may change their, their phenotype. I think at this point, it's very early to say if these these subsets are super relevant. We're, we're getting data that, for instance, some labs see that neutrophils can be beneficial after myocardial infarction. And so I, I think it's not a black and white story, and it, it, it's also uh, evolving. Excellent. All right. Next question. Can cardiac resident macrophages be polarized to a pro-inflammatory M1-like or a reparative M2-like state? Yeah, so I think that that is possible. We played around by delivering uh, siRNA to macrophages that silences transcription factors that regulate this type of polarization. I think another way of doing this would be to deliver, you know, receptor ligands to them. I think that heart macrophages react to circulating toll-like receptor ligands. We, we've observed really interesting phenomena in heart macrophages of mice that where you induce sepsis. So there's really a, a fluctuation of heart macrophage numbers and also phenotypes that become more inflammatory if there are bacteria in blood. So I think these are very sensitive sentinel, uh, sentinels that are, you know, in, in, that's their job. They, they are looking for danger. And if they sense danger, they react and they react by changing their phenotype I think that is happening with the heart as well. Fantastic. All right. All right. Next question comes from Caesar, who's asked, do resident macrophages retain their normal function after acute myocardial infarction? Yeah, so that's another good question. It depends on where you look in the heart. In the the infarct, they actually die. So I, I say that's an extreme way of not retaining their function. And they are then replaced by monocyte derived macrophages, which are more inflammatory. In the remote zone, it's more subtle. So there we don't have the sudden death phenomenon as in the ischemic zone. We see that they uh, proliferate a bit more and there's also increased recruitment. Those changes are never as drastic as in the infarct though. I think that these, these phenotypic adaptions in the remote zone after myocardial infarction may either protect or uh, promote heart failure and may even do you know different functions at the same time. We we still um, don't really understand that well. Excellent. Okay, here's a question from Teob who's said, would it be possible to state that the level of initial inflammatory events within one week post myocardial infarction determine the severity of fibrosis and the expansion of fibrosis into the remote zone? I think that's a very good hypothesis. I think that you know the the amount at the phenotype of macrophages that you recruit and that you find early on will somehow influence how much collagen is being made by the fibroblast in that wound. There's a lot of crosstalk between macrophages and fibroblasts in other settings, and it's well understood that they 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 are closely connected. 
So I think that that is, is very likely to happen. Excellent. Okay. Here's a question from Charlie who's asked, do you believe that the myeloid retention effects of exercise are partially mediated by modulations on sympathetic nervous activity or exclusively via leptin effects? I think it's, 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 it's probably not exclusively via leptin. So whenever we look at the, at the problem, at a specific problem uh, or question in biology, it's really rare um, that we can say it's exclusively that pathway. So I, you know, in general, I would never say that. And, and specifically here, I think it's a myriad of things that, you know, we found that leptin plays a role here and is an important regulator, but there are other things in play. It's known that exercise reduces the sympathetic tone and increases the vagal tone, especially in endurance uh, athletes, you can find uh, much lower heart rates. And, you know, it's a, it's a good speculation that this changed sympathetic tone may also influence the bone marrow. We do know that there are probably no vagal fibers that um, are in the bone marrow. But there may be, there may be, you know, vagus-like signaling to the bone marrow. In fact, we're working on one such system. And yeah, stay tuned. Excellent. Yeah, really exciting avenue. Here's a, a great question that came in before the presentation. So Nasser has said, as you know, myeloid cells assume a wide range of phenotypes, some of which are protective against injury and infection, whilst others promote cardiovascular disease like uh, acute myocardial infarction or heart failure or stroke. But it's currently unclear which cell subsets uh, and drug targets would be the most efficient or safest options. So what do you think about you know, the safest or most efficient drug targets with regards to myeloid cells? Yeah, I think this is this is right on the money. This is the question that you know we're working on, that the field is working on, and that the industry is working on. So if you look at cancers, you know we got really nice anti-inflammatory effects by neutralizing alpha and beta. However, they also found an uptick in infection, which you know then probably neutralized their their the survival benefits. And so what. What, what that means is uh, whenever you target the immune system, you have to be aware that you can't target it with a sledgehammer. It's not a, a drug target that you can hit as hard as possible and, and expect that this is going to be safe. I do, I do think that perhaps it will help to look at the different ways of supplying immune cells. So what is emerging is that in general, and you know, there are a lot of exceptions to this paradigm, that the, that the locally sourced cells are probably mostly beneficial. These resident uh, immune cells live in the organ. They, they just try and keep the other cells, the parenchymal cells, the cardiomyocytes happy. If you can spare those and perhaps target the ones that are recruited, i.e. they travel from the bone marrow through the blood to the organ, then that may be a good uh, way of, of you know, narrowing your, your target range to something that is not as uh, detrimental. Having said that, you know, even in, in that setting, it's clear that if you wipe out monocytes completely, you also don't get good infarct healing. You just need a few of these cells around. So I think it will be important to be very smart about the target, and I don't uh, assume to know which one it is or which cell subset we need to target at this point. And then also to, you know, find the right patient, find the right dose and find the right timing. 
that's not easy, but I think it's a path forward. Fantastic. And I think in the interest of time, we'll just cover one last question here. Jamie has said, great talk. Do you think macrophages may play a role in Duchenne muscular dystrophy, considering the defects in Connexin 43 in uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy? I have a very short answer. I don't know, but it's, it's not unlikely. If you, if a lot of, of, of diseases have some sort of inflammatory component. And yeah, I, I don't really know an answer to this question. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.